as we get into the lesson tonight, we're getting into some scriptures that is one, some of my favorite in the New Testament. I, this is something I feed on deeply. I love this subject, and it goes along with one of the songs that we sung tonight about it's all in Him. We are studying the prison epistles of uh, Paul, and we're in Colossians. Uh, and we began with our first lesson uh, in the uh, first chapter last week. And we're, gonna, we're still going to be in the first chapter of Colossians. Uh, and um, this is going to be the second lesson. And I have, and I've titled our lesson tonight, The Preeminent Christ. The Preeminent Christ. And that word means just simply superior. Hallelujah. Amen. Superior. He's, he's, he's uh, I mean, he, he, he's, he's tops. He's top of the line. There's nothing, no one greater. And uh, we're going to read verses 15 through 19. We, you got it there on your handout. And uh, like I said, you know, I'm uh, I'll, I'll, I, we, I hope we'll get through all of this I've given you on uh, the front and the back because I, I love, I really love this. Uh, this is, is some of my favorites in the New Testament. Talking about the Lord Jesus, see verse 15, he says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things exist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. That's why I've titled this lesson, The Preeminent Christ, that he may have the pre preeminence. For it pleased the Father, verse 19, that in him should all fullness dwell. It's all in him it's all in him hallelujah i'm so happy and thrilled tonight for that wisdom and that knowledge amen i haven't always had that i haven't always known that i wouldn't i wasn't brought up to to understand that and the biggest majority of what's known as the Christian church today do not understand this. Now we're going to break, uh, we're going to pull out some things from these few verses of Scripture, and there's no way that we can exhaust it all and pull it all out. There's too much there. But I hope and pray that I'm going to give you a little bit tonight to make you a little bit more comfortable the next time you talk to somebody who, 
who says they're a Trinitarian and they believe in, that there's three of them. Uh, because the Bible tells us all that we all are supposed to be ready at all time to give an answer to anybody who, who asks us a question of the, uh, of, uh, uh, of the, uh, the hope that's within us. Hallelujah. Uh, it starts off by saying, who is the image of the invisible God? So we're going to begin by talking about the image of God. The image of God. Now, there's, first of all, there's some fun foundational truths that you've got to settle in your mind before you attempt uh, any details concerning the nature of God. There's some fundamental basics that you've got to get settled that you, that you can't be moved on one uh, inch or tittle. I mean, you've got to get this settled in your mind and your heart and in your spirit because you, if you don't, somebody who don't know as much about the Scripture as you do could trip you up if you don't have it down. And so there's some foundational truths. And the first foundational truth, when we're talking about God, you've got to understand and be able to let everybody know that brings this up or you talk to about is that God is a spirit being. That's a foundational, fundamental truth that you've got to understand. God is a spirit being. John 4, 24, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. So, God's a spirit. You've got to understand that. You've got to, you've got to have that down pat. Uh, there's no way to get work, work around that. All right. Number one, so if God is a spirit, then number two, the second fundamental truth, if God is a spirit, then a spirit doesn't have a flesh and bone body. Hallelujah. So right there, I mean, people that try to come up with these images of a big throne with, a, with an old-looking man with a long white beard sitting on the throne in heaven, that does not exist, never has existed. Hallelujah. God, because he is a spirit, does not have a flesh and bone body. Now, a scripture I'm going to give you to back that up is, is, is what Jesus said after he was resurrected. When Jesus came out of the grave, some people thought he was a spirit. You know, they, they couldn't believe that, that he had resurrected, and they thought when they saw Jesus for the first time, they thought he was a ghost, you know. And this is what he told them in Luke chapter 24 and 39. He says, Behold, or look at, look at my hands and my feet, that is, I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Hallelujah. So, God's a spirit. And because he's a spirit, he does not have a flesh and bone body. Hallelujah. And then the third foundational truth, 
keep it along this same line. If God is a spirit, and if a spirit don't have a flesh and bone body, a spirit body is invisible. Hallelujah. A spirit body is invisible. I'm going to give you one scripture out here, and, and there's all of these things. There's other scriptures in the Bible that we could go to to tie all, tie all of this in, but for, for the uh, benefit of time and as good as much as I can, uh, I, I don't have all of them down here, but 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17, when Paul was writing to Timothy, he said, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. So we've got to understand that God, when we talk about God in his pure form, or God, you can say God the Father, or God in his pure form, he's invisible. The reason why he's invisible is he's a spirit, and he don't have a flesh and bone body. Hallelujah. When you understand these foundational truths, then you understand why the Bible says that no one has ever seen God. Hallelujah. You're going to have people ask you that. I've had them ask me time and time again. When you try to tell people that Jesus was God, and they're going to say, well, how can you say that when the Bible says nobody has seen God at any time? But there's no problem there when you know how to rightly divide the Word of God. Hallelujah. See, the reason why nobody has seen God, and we talk when we say that, God in the pure form, of course, He's a spirit. He's invisible. He don't have a flesh and bone body. But when Jesus came, He revealed Him. John chapter 1, verse 18, look at this. Here's the Scripture. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Let me break that down for you. He has made Him known. Oh, glory to God. This is why I love this. This is, this is why it's my favorite, because thank God I got a revelation one day, hallelujah, of the mighty God in Christ, amen. God showed it to me. He revealed it to me, hallelujah. What didn't nobody teach it to me, hallelujah, but I was, it was revealed to me through his spirit, uh, glory to God, hallelujah, by studying his word, uh, amen. Nobody, no, nobody ever saw God before God's spirit, uh, but when Jesus Christ, he revealed who he was. Glory. Hallelujah. Look at, look at John 1 and 18 again. Now, the first scripture, that's the King James. It says, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Look at this same verse in another translation, the Holman Christian Standard Version. It says, No one has ever seen God. The one and only Son... The one who is at the Father's side, he has revealed him. Hallelujah. He's revealed him. Now, we're talking about, remember, 
the image of God. Turn to the back. When Jesus came to earth, God the Father was manifest in the flesh. Or the invisible became visible. Hallelujah. In a body form. The body was the Son. The Spirit inside was Almighty God. Now, I'm going to read Hebrews there, and then I'm going to give you a little illustration. Hebrews 1 and 3. I'm talking about, we're still talking about the image of God. It says, Who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Hallelujah. And upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Hallelujah. We sung that song, Majesty, a while ago. But Hebrews writer said he's the express image of his person. I got this little book right here. Now, the Scripture says that he is the image of the invisible God. That's what we read. Is that correct? And here in Hebrews, it says he's the express image of his book that Sister Darlene and I had a picture book made up back last Christmas. We had Christmas made of them, uh, and at no extra charge, they fixed us up a, a book, and we got all kind of pictures in here, and you can see pictures, all kind of pictures uh, of us. Now, understand, 2,000 years ago, when this scripture was written. They did not have no concept of the word picture. They didn't know what picture was. Kind of like my dad. I mean, if he, if he come out of the grave right now and he'd walk up to somebody talk about a cell phone, he'd have no clue what you were talking about. Because he passed on the glory before the cell phones come out. So he wouldn't have any concept. Concept of the internet or, or none of that stuff. Well, back 2,000 years ago, they did not have a concept of the word picture. The word picture was not in their vocabulary. They, they had no concept. So... Thinking about that, they could have said, He is the picture of the invisible God. When it said He was the image, they used the word image back then because they didn't have concept of picture. But you can interchange the same thing. You could say, He's the picture. Amen. There was a snapshot taken of God and pictures of Jesus of what came up on the film. Hallelujah. Do you, man, do you get that? Do you see what I'm saying? He's the image. He's the picture. 
He became the picture of God. God was manifested in the flesh. God was made known. God was revealed in the flesh. That scripture says, who being in the brightness of his glory. Have you ever, have you ever studied that and, and searched that out? The brightness of his glory and the express image. I did, a, I did an intensive study of that one time. And this is what I found out about that. That brightness of his glory speaks of the same kind of brightness. In the Greek, it means an off flash. It's kind of like those little Kodak Instamatic cameras that we used to have. Some of y'all might not ever know what I'm talking about, but you had this little square bulb that you popped on top. Take a picture, and that thing would roll, it would flash. Rotate, and you get another flash. Okay, that flash on that flash bulb of a camera is the same thing that that scripture, well, he doesn't tuck it down. Hallelujah. The brightness of his glory. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus was of God. Hallelujah. My, my, my. And the express image of his, of his person. That's what we're talking about when he is the image of the invisible God. God was invisible. Nobody had ever seen him before. But when he came to the earth, he, he was a picture of the invisible God. And now, through Jesus, we can see him. We can behold him. Hallelujah. That's glorious, church. Amen. That's glorious. We can, we can see him. We can, we can behold him. Hallelujah. Amen. The invisible became visible so that we could see. Hallelujah. And behold him. Glory to God. Amen. I'm, I'm going to have to go on. I could, I, could, I could lay in that for a little, little while longer. I've got to give you one more thing. I've I got to. That's, that's, why, that's why Jesus answered the apostle Philip the way he did. They was together and they was talking and Jesus was talking about the Father. And he spoke up and he said, he said, Lord, show us the Father and it will suffice us. We'll be satisfied. Just you, You're talking all the time about the Father. Just show us. Hallelujah. And, and it, it, it will satisfy us. It, it will... It will Set us straight. What did, what, did, what did Jesus tell him? He said, Philip, have I been so long time with you that you have not seen me, known me? He that hath seen me has seen the Father. <laughs> Woo! Oh, glory. He that hath seen me. Why? Because I'm the picture of what God is. Hallelujah.
My Lord, that's powerful. That is powerful. Then the scripture says all things were created by Jesus. You see, folks, Jesus was around a whole lot longer than just just Bethlehem's manger. Hallelujah. Because everything that was created was created by the Lord, by Jesus. Colossians 16 and 17, as we read, says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven. Everything that's in heaven, Jesus created it. And that's in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or power. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things exist, uh, consist. How was that possible? Well, before Bethlehem, before the body, now this is how Jesus was in the beginning. He was, he was the Word of God. He was God's thought made audible. John 1 1 through 4, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things was made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Everything was made by the Word. Who is the Word? Who was the Word? Who was the Word? Hallelujah. Put up on that screen uh, uh, St. John 1 and 14 uh, scripture, Chris. Hallelujah. Chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. Amen. There you have it. There you have it. I've got to move on because of my time. Then the scriptures that we read said, He is the head of the body. First thing we talked about, he's the image of God. We brought that out. We talked about all things were created by Christ. And again, there's so much more that I could, I could bring out right here, but uh, I figure you probably want to get out a couple minutes before midnight anyway. Uh, and then the third and final thing is he is the head of the body. We read that in the 18th verse, Colossians 1 and 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. There's that word, preeminence. Jesus is the head of the body. Now, when, when he went away, he told his disciples that he was going to go back to the glory that he had before. Amen? 
So when he went away, he went back like he was in the beginning before Bethlehem. That makes the church his body. With his hands, with his feet, with his uh, everything, with the body of our Christ and members in particular. But he is the head of that body. He's the head of that body. It's the church. Look at Peter, 1 Peter 5 and 4. Now, the Catholics, the Catholics want to say that the Pope is the head of the church. Well, he, he, he's a long way special from the head of this church. Hallelujah. And pastors, uh, they are under-shepherds. They're not the head. I may be pastor of, uh, of this uh, congregation, but I'm not the head. Jesus Christ is the head. First Peter 5 and 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear. Hallelujah. Amen. When the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. <laughs> glory to God. He's the head. He's the chief shepherd. He's the preeminent one. Glory to God. And then one more scripture, and I'm going to close it out. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Talking about Jesus, says he's far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. <laughs> He hath put all things under his feet and gave him, the, uh, him to be the head over all things to the church, yes. which is his body. The church is the body of Jesus now. The church is the only body Jesus has got right now. And he's in the church through the Holy Ghost, his spirit. My Lord, glory to God. Do you realize, I think none of us, I don't believe none of us realize the latent power that we have that's, that's among us if we can just do what Apostle Paul said and learn to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. There would never be nothing that we would ever need. Hallelujah. He had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Well, it's all in him. Hallelujah. It's all in him. My, 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 I love this. I love that. Anybody got any comments?